Hello and welcome to Zach's Fact Shack. This is Zach. Today's going to be a little different than what we've been doing. You know, I've been finding facts and information and giving it to you guys a little bit at a time. Um, but today, I actually have a guest that I'm going to be bringing on. Yesterday was opening day for Major League Baseball. I don't know if any of you are actually fans of that or not, but I am. I'm a huge Braves fan. 2021 world champions. It doesn't get much better than that, unless, of course, you're a Georgia Bulldog. And then again, hey, it's 2021 national championship. This is a great year for Georgia sports. I'm just saying. So I wanted to bring on a friend of mine who's a baseball player, knows all the ins and outs, and I'm going to ask him some pretty crazy questions, and we're going to see if we can find out what he knows and how much he knows. We're going to look for some weird stuff. We're going to try to find out all kinds of crazy things like we always do. Before we go any further, though, I want you to like. I want you to share. I want you to subscribe to this podcast. I want you to get your friends to hear it. I want to get this as far as we can so that as many people as we can can hear all of this cool information. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is also where you can message me with show topic ideas, with uh, improvements for the show, things that you would like to hear, things that you would think we could do better. All of that information you can give to me at anchor.fm forward slash Zach's Fact Shack. So if you want to go there and you can talk to me, it's totally up to you. I'm available at that place. Now, before we go any further, I need to introduce to you Simon Grant. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Simon, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. So let's go ahead and get your credentials out of the way. I said that you played baseball. Uh, you were a pitcher for your high school team, correct? Correct. So I started playing baseball at the age of three and started very young. And I really started to develop what position I played in middle school. And I was mainly an infielder. I can play second base, shortstop, or third base. And then I started pitching a little bit whenever I got to eighth grade. And whenever I got to my freshman year of high school, I started playing a, a lot more pitcher and also caught, I was a catcher for a little while, but then they're like, well, let's focus more on you in the infield. And so throughout high school, I was an infielder and I may have not been the strongest guy, but I do know a lot of baseball knowledge. And so I always put that effort towards that. Nice. So you've played, I didn't even realize that you've played in a lot of places and they just concentrated you into, into pitcher. Yes. Cool. Yeah. It may I'll say mainly, like, it was my senior year because, like, usually they like to let the seniors pitch their games. And so, like, their last season, that was how it, is. it was incorporated. Oh, nice. All right. So, we understand that you know baseball at this point, then. That's, that's good to know. So, at least what you're going to be telling us is going to be semi-factual. Probably a little bit of opinion, just because, you know, that's the nature of sports, right? There's always opinion, no matter how good the facts are. Right. So... I got a couple questions for you. We're going to let's let's start with this one. Can you give me a history of baseball itself? Why is it called America's pastime? All right. So what a lot of people don't realize is how long baseball has been played. 
it really started around the Civil War time, around 1830s, maybe 1840s, even before the Civil War time. A lot of people think it was created by a man named Abner Doubleday. A lot of people mistake that for the game. That is like, oh, he was the one who invented it. And really, it kind of, he kind of was more the gas to the fuel tank for that thing. There was no original, like, oh, this one person came up with the name or the game of baseball. Really, the game came from England, and it's a mixture of two previous games that kids used to play in the pastime in England. And the two games were Rounders and Cricket. Everyone knows Cricket, but that might just have to be another podcast that we talk about because it's still wellly known and played. Yeah, that's, Round- that's, that's a whole podcast to its own self. Yeah, but Rounders is a child's game that was played in New England that is very similar to baseball. There's a lot of rules that are different than baseball, like instead of throwing the pitch over the top, you're like kind of just under throwing it, kind of like what they called bowling instead of pitching. And so like the pitcher would bowl the ball, but wouldn't actually roll it, but would like just underhand it. So a little more softball type throw. Yeah, yeah, like like a softball pitcher. Okay. And then whenever the batter would hold a bat, instead of using like usually you would see an MOB player use like a 30, maybe a 34 inch bat, somewhere in that range. In the rules of rounders, they would only use an 18-inch bat that you can use one or two hands with. And mostly people would use one hand at the time. You're definitely going to hit your hand. Like, the ball could hit your hand still. Yeah, I'm just one-handed. That sounds good to me. <laughs> right. And so, then... So rounders yeah. is predominantly where, where the sport comes from at this point. If I understand correctly, the, 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 the term rounders is because you had to round a bunch of bags, correct? That, that you know later became bases? Yeah, so whenever you whenever you would hit the ball, there was four there were four spots on the field that you had to run to. And so like but the scoring was different. If you let's say you hit the ball and you got all the way to either second or third base, then you scored half a point. But if you got all the way around, whenever you hit it, that's one point. And you don't get any points if you just get a single. Now, let's say that, like, if you're coming from second to third and you get out, but you still have that half point, you have to forfeit that half point. So you only get a full point, but you can start out with a half point. But you have to complete the circuit to get the point at all. Right. That seems rather complicated. It's a little complicated. That's why, like, I guess whenever it got moved to America, they kind of dumbed it down a little bit. Like, look, you make it around the bases once, you get a point. Let's just move on with this. This, None of this overcomplication (laughs) business. Right. So the good thing is that unlike football, most of the positions in baseball make sense, right? The the, the names of them. So you have the pitcher. Well, he pitches the ball. That makes sense. You have the catcher. (laughs) Shocker. He catches the ball. (laughs) Then you have your first, second, and third baseman. That makes sense. They stand over or near the bases of first, second, and third. You also have your center fielder, your left fielder, and your outfielder. Well, that makes sense. That's where they are in the field. But there's one that doesn't – it can be a little harder to make sense of automatically. It's not as intuitive. 
and that would be shortstop. What in the world is going on with shortstop? Why is it called that? So shortstop is one of my favorite positions because that's kind of like your, you can consider it your middle ground man of the whole field. And like, I would say he runs the infield and like how the center field runs the outfield. And so whenever rounders was playing, you only had a first, second, and third baseman. And then you had these three outfielders as well. And so with shortstop, its name comes from where it's located on the field. It requires the players to stop the short side, the short side of the field and kind of act as like a cutoff man, like for the outfield, for mainly left and center just so they can have that cutoff man to throw home if the ball was hit in the outfield. Okay. So basically the, the name, and then it makes sense. It's he's stopping the ball short. Yes. Instead of uh, making it out into the outfield, he's stopping it short. Yeah. So it's a shortstop. Yep. See, the more, the more yeah. I investigate, the more it, I realize that people who name this stuff that we're so used to, that they were very simple people. They're like, look, Let's not make it complicated, guys. What does he do? That's what he's called. Be done with it. Yeah, I mean everything. Everything's pretty simple with the names and whatnot. So, like, it's not hard to. You can guess like what the position does itself. Right. Now, with the positions, whenever you see someone talk about, let's say, a double play, and you get somebody out, what are the numbers that they're talking about? So I'm just going to make them up. So a a two, four, three out. What, what is that? What does that even mean? What, how, how did each position get its number and what, what are they referring to? So whenever you see stats like that, like so each position has its own number. Just so whenever you look at the sequence of numbers, you know where the ball has been. And so like, if you do a simple five, three, five is the number is third base and he's throwing it to third. So it goes pitcher is number one, because that's where the ball starts. Number two is the catcher, because most of the time that's where the ball ends. ends. And then it starts off with the third baseman. He's number three. Number four is your second baseman. Number five is your third baseman. Number six is your shortstop. Then you got seven, eight, nine is your left, center, then right. And I know a lot of people ask me, well, why isn't it like why isn't shortstop five and third baseman six? Well, shortstop is a newer position in baseball. When I say newer, I don't mean like in the past twenty years. I mean like baseball's been around for a couple of centuries. Whenever shortstop became a position, they're like, oh wait, yeah, we need to add this position. It's like we don't want to make it nine because that would be really whack. So since third is already five, we'll just make that one six as the as like we talked about earlier, the little cutoff guy right there. Right. Okay. So the numbers are just a shorthand way of describing what the play was when you're recording it in the stat book. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Let me, let me ask you this coming off of the idea of a, a, a double play or coming from the, the catcher, uh, finding somebody that's trying to steal the base, right? So they're coming off of first going to second and they're in a rundown. Now, I don't know if anybody knows what a rundown is, but it's basically they're stuck between the bases. They have to get back to where they were or to a new base to be safe where they can't be uh, tagged out. But in a rundown, 
everybody's running around trying to catch you. Um, there's a, a lot of sophistication to it. You're passing the ball back and forth to your teammates in a specific order to be able to catch the guy out. But there's a really odd nickname, and I don't know why it's called this, but I feel like it's going to be a pretty simple answer. Why is a rundown called a pickle? So this is very interesting. And I had to do a little research on this before I could actually say this. But the origin of pickle first actually comes from William Shakespeare. He first uses it in, I believe it was the Tempest, I believe, um, the idiom that he wrote. He used the phrase in a pickle. And the phrase in a pickle comes from in a tough spot. Right. Whenever it was in England, it meant being a drunk. I would say like that was the main term for it, is being drunk. But whenever it got brought over to America, it really meant like in a tough spot. Okay. So the idea is if you're being chased by an entire side in baseball, you're in a really tough spot. You are in a pickle. Right. I mean, that makes sense. That seems like a, like I said, it's a really simple reason for why it's called that. That makes sense. Yeah. This seems like it would, this puts me into a pickle. I have seen when, let's say it's a full count, three balls, two strikes. The batter swings at strike three. The ball drops out of the catcher's hand and the batter runs for first base. Now, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but even I know it's three strikes and you're out. And obviously, if you swing at the ball and miss, it's a strike. So what is going on and why is he running to first base? That rule is is what we like to call the drop third strike rule. I used to do this all the time whenever I was playing rec ball. I was 11 or 12, and I would do this on purpose. If I know I had two strikes and I knew the catcher wasn't good, like I would just swing and run. But the rule states that if you swing on a third strike and the catcher drops it or misses it, the runner has the ability to steal first base. And that is the only exception of stealing first base. That's the only time you can run to first base without having earned it through a hit or a walk. Yes. And it will like your batting average, like will still go down, but your on base percentage will go up. Let me go ahead and ask one last question before I let you go. And it's, it seems rather odd. So in basketball, in football, in soccer, the fields are really regulated. I know at least in football and basketball, the, the, the playing area is very regulated in size. I know that in England, soccer fields can vary a little bit as well. But why are major league fields so random in their sizing? So you'll have, if you ever watch the sport, you'll see that whenever somebody says, well, in this baseball field, that would have been a home run or in 40% of the baseball fields, that would have been a home run. Like, what are they referring to? Isn't, isn't there a regulation on size? Like, why is the, why are major league fields so vastly different in every field? So there's 30 teams in the, in the um, MLB. Like, most of them have different size fields on, on the outfield. And it could be around 300 feet at the foul pole line. Or it could be 420 feet 
at the center field. It's honestly a decision for the owners or like the staff there. Like how big do they want their outfield? If they, it's kind of a home field advantage type thing. If they want big, if they know they have power hitters that can just hit it out like crazy, they're going to kind of make the field a little bit shorter. But if they know if they have like kind of smaller guys who can get them solid base hits, they might back it up a little bit just so they think the opponent's outfield is going to stand way back and the ball is going to land in front of them every single time. So it's really just a strategy on how big the fields are. So there is a limit to how short a field can be also, and also how long, a field, how, how deep it can be. Is oh, it, do you know oh. what those, rule, the, those rules specify? So 250 feet is the minimum that an outfield can be. Okay. But they, you, you can make it as big as you can. And it's, but at some point, that's going to be more harmful to your team than helpful. So there's obviously practical limits, but there's no official limits to the, to the uh, depth of the field. Yeah. Okay. All of the wacky questions aside, I have to ask, I know you're a huge Braves fan. Do the Braves repeat this year? Do the Braves repeat? Well, despite how we looked yesterday with Max Fried on the hill. Yes, it was not a beautiful we outing. The, we we got to see the debut of Matt Olson on first. All these different variations. Um, I would say that the Braves have one of the best chances of repeating. Honestly, like despite us losing Freddie Freeman, I do. I will say I do think we have one of the best teams right now. That's encouraging. I, I definitely, I definitely would tend to agree. I think that there is a lot of talent on the team. The question will be, can they work together and you know be a cohesive whole and you know hit that magic a second year in a row? Can they do that? Yeah, I mean, if you look at last year, like last year we were projected to be like a a pretty average to good team. We weren't really thought of as a World Series contender because I mean, if you look at like our first first series with the Phillies the Phillies smacked us and we did not know what was hitting us we were not doing good until that halfway point and then at that point something like, seemed traded, to click yeah it's like we we got Eddie Rosario next thing you know boom we got Jorge Soler and then boom next thing you know we got um oh what's his name oh, I forgot his name that's a shame you're, you're you're forgetting people's names on the World Series team well, Jock Peterson isn't a brave anymore, man. I, I understand. I understand, which <laughs> that, that I am sad, but, you know, we might be those is a classic phrase now uh, that has moved into the vernacular of all Braves fans. And I, 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 I can't say the last word. This is, you know, family friendly show. But <laughs> Jock Peterson brought some interesting energy to the team when it needed oh, it he, most. Yeah. He he wore the pearls and said it all. All right, so Braves, you're saying Braves have have a really good chance of repeating. Obviously, they might not. It's a really long year. What do you think their record will be before we hit postseason? Before we hit postseason, I would I'm gonna give a rough estimate of I say like by the break, the Braves win a solid mid 40s game, maybe like 45 games. And then okay. probably lose like a lower 40 or high 30 games. Because at that point, I believe the Braves are still trying to figure out what do we do 
from this point, kind of like last year. I kind of see it kind of being a little last year, but then I think we're going to pick up a little sooner than how we did last year. Do you think it will take as long to crack 500 as it did last year? That was a stressful time, guys. You know, if you if you watched the Braves last year, it's like maybe yeah. we can crack it this time. We get to five hundred, and then we would lose the next four games. I think with all the new pieces coming in, I think a big part of it was like whenever Freddie left. I think that's a huge, like, oh my gosh, we don't have our best player type. Oh my god, like oh, we're not going to the World Series. Like, there's some doubt there, but I think it's going to take as much time because you know you got Ronald Acuna coming back soon. You got um. You got uh, Mike Soroka, who's coming back in a month or a month and a half or so, and he's supposed to be a solid, solid, possibly one, definitely two pitcher. That'll be a big help to the uh, pitching staff if he's able to get back uh, that soon. I know he was supposed to be back last year, but obviously, you know, re-injured himself and could not play. But he is an incredible pitcher, an incredible starting pitcher. But oh, he is. You add him yeah, to that rotation plus the depth that we now have in the bullpen. It's going to be pretty hard to consistently beat the Braves on that pitching staff if they're firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah. Simon, it's been awesome having you on here. I appreciate all of the information. I would love to have you back in the future. We'll be able to talk about many more things. Who knows? We might bring up your your team the Falcons. Hey, Falcons rise up. Yes. Yeah, 28 to 3. That's all I know. 28 to 3. No. Hey. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I understand the Braves are the, the, the Falcons' heartbreak. I get it. I was there on second and 26. I understand. I understand yes, what I, it means to have your heart ripped out. I knew I knew where I was at, what I was doing. I, I could have told you what I ate that day. That was the most dreadful day ever. Oh. Uh. You, one of one of my coworkers would would tend to agree. He is a huge Falcons fan, and he took it rather hard. Well, yeah, Simon, I thank you, and I will see you next time. Whenever we ask more weird and wacky questions, thanks for having me. Absolutely, um, I would definitely love to come back one day and talk about a lot more fun facts. Let's see if we can do it. Awesome, sounds good to me. All right. So that was Simon Grant, a good friend of mine, talking about just some of the incredible, weird, and wacky rules and information about the uh, baseball. I really hope you enjoyed that. It was a new approach to learning this information, getting another voice besides mine, one who knows firsthand baseball instead of me just reading about it. He's actually lived the sport to some degree in his life. I personally really enjoyed this format. Let me know. Again, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Zach's Fact Shack and message me. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're hearing. If you have any ideas, any show thoughts that you would want me to do that can make this better and make this a more entertaining environment for everyone involved, let me know. Without further ado, it's time to end our show And I need you to share this with everybody you know. If you love this show, go ahead and like it. Leave a review. Let everybody know about it. And let's go and see how many people we can get to hear this cool information. And you know what? I will see you 
next time when we come back and we learn more facts on Zach's Fact Shack. We'll see you then.